listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On The Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Welcome to show number 178. We've returned to normal programming. Paul Bergeni joins me for the news. Andy's got some bits about the Golden Guitar winners from Tamworth and a track from the Wolf Brothers to round out the show. We've got a little bit of a treat for you too. If you stay tuned to the end of the show, you'll hear the latest thing we've got on offer on the radio station. It is worth having a listen to. It is extremely funny and... uh, I couldn't resist playing it on the podcast. Also got Bob with something to talk about. Let's get on with the show. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the On The Road program. Righto, boys and girls, we're back to normal. I've got Paul Bergeni back with me to do the news. We've had a little bit of a hiatus, mostly due to my inability to communicate. Some people would uh, question whether would have that sort of a problem. I did have a communication issue. So we've got Paul in to do the news with us again. Bit interesting stuff to chew over today on the news. Paul, how are you, mate? Mike, I'm going well. I think you should be a bit, a little bit kinder to yourself and put the reality is that uh, you're trying to currently try and do the work of 10 men oh. and sometimes things slip through the cracks so uh, it's all it's all good glad to be back we've had a little bit of a break mm. um, yeah truck and life's obviously been busy and the uh, the podcast has been chugging along but it is, is nice to be back and uh, offer our um, our delightful listeners some tidbits in the news there's a hell of a lot of stuff that we're not talking about today. I'm not going to go into most of it, but uh, let's just focus on what we are doing. We've got a few things to discuss today. We've got the fact that uh, the Connect Logistics uh, thing has told us a few things about chain of responsibility. We're going to talk about that quickly. We're going to talk about Queensland becoming part of the uh, NHBR. Look at what's going on down the port in Sydney. And, of course, some level crossing stuff. So uh, let's kick it off, mate. The Connect Logistics accident on the Eastern Freeway, which took the lives of four police officers, ended up resulting in a chain of responsibility investigation, which has ended up with people being heavily fined. uh, And some, I think one guy's actually gone to jail, Paul. So this goes to show you a couple of things. One is how quickly time gets away from us. It's staggering to think that accident was actually back on uh, April 22, 2020. So going on nearly four years ago, that awful crash happened. Um, and it just goes to show you that, uh, I guess, Mike, the, the, the time involved and the resources to investigate such a uh, such a tragic accident and come up with charges. So absolutely, yes, the uh, the... Well, the, the transport company Connect Logistics has been fined a colossal $2.31 million, which colossal, you could expect a little bit more. It's a shocking accident, but the, uh, the managing director, uh, Corey Matthews was fined 22,000. Uh, yeah. And Chris, Chris Large, uh, he was, uh, he was sentenced to three years in prison. He was the operations um, manager, wasn't he? Operations. So again, there's listen and learn people. Um, because look, we've talked about this for years. The COR, um, it, it is there to, to go up the chain and, and not just persecute the driver. Uh, it, it seems to have worked in this um, this situation, Mike, hasn't it? You know, well, it's gone up the ladder. Um, they're saying that the laws are effective in punishing the worst offenders. I no. disagree with that. So do I. <laughs> uh, and but but they also say the laws can't prevent tragedy from striking, which is which is absolutely true. The attitudes yeah. that we've had in in transport over the years. I mean, you and I have both played this silly game for long enough to know that there were people out there that did whatever it took. 
And there are still people out there that still do whatever it takes. The laws they seem to think either don't apply to them or they won't get caught. Unfortunately, they, they don't seem to understand the surveillance powers of the regulator and the amount of tools that they have in the toolbox to to check on on what you've been doing and where you've been going and the power they have to, to actually make you provide documents. So if there are places there to find cracks to find, they will find them. The laws have got the potential to be revolutionary. That's what they do have. Potential to be revolutionary. Now, again, you and I agree on so many of these things, Mike. Um, for me, is not, and I know it's a very, very different, uh, you know, different industry and, and a different scenario, mm. but the behaviour to me is not unlike the drug trafficking problem worldwide. You only got to look at the fentanyl problem in America. Now, yeah. the challenge is I see with this is the COR and 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 the ability to to, to pull people and and uh, and pull them into line and and persecute the offenders is is worthwhile doing, but I can't help wondering that there is, there is people now in large organisations that have managed to put buffers in place to protect them, as in third-party third recruitment companies. And yeah. and again, we've talked about these large and, and the largest you know, customers of freight forwarding in Australia. Mm. Um, I, I feel what they've done is they've put a buffer around themselves and said, "Oh no, no, we we don't we don't engage that contractor to carry our freight. That's this person over here." Yeah. So, while I don't disagree with the chain of responsibility, absolutely not. But I would like to see them have that power to actually, like you say, fall slip between the cracks and go into the shadows and say, "Hang on a minute." Uh, Mr. Joe Bloggs, you've engaged Ken Smith to engage this contractor that ended up with this tragedy. Mm. I can't help wondering if that, 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 you know, the head of those, those corporations are kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say is they've got the, they've got the resources, Mike, to, to look at the legalities, engage lawyers and say, no, no, let's put this company in as a buffer. Mm. Once again, the poor old driver. The employed driver or the operations manager or the, you know, or the, um, the allocator or the, the owner of a small fleet. We all don't have that. We don't have that, those resources, that massive pool of money mm. to be able to create a buffer around ourselves to, to negotiate through the COR law. So mm. I kind of wonder if it's, it, again, going to be the lower hanging fruit is going to be plucked from the oh, tree. Well, that's generally but, the way it goes, isn't it? It's always the lower hanging fruit that gets plucked first. Is that you and I being cynical again? Oh, I, I don't know if we are being cynical. We're probably just being a little bit re realistic. Mate, if, realistic. I, if I could talk to Paul Salvati at the moment, the question that I'd be asking him is this. Paul, how much money is the NHBR, as an example, not only the police force, but just the NHBR, how much are you directing towards uh, enforcement and, uh, you know, fatigue management, logbook checking, you know, their role that they do on the side of the road? How much money are you directing towards that? And then how many people are you actually catching? And is the enforcement work you're doing having a direct effect on the road toll in road transport in the parts of the area of national law that you're responsible for? And he'd obviously know a number for that. There's obviously got to be a number. There would be a number, absolutely. And the next question then to ask him after that is, Paul, if I said to you you could double your budget, would you see a real increase in what you're doing? And if the mm -hmm. answer to that is yes, then why wouldn't we do that to save the lives of people? If the answer is mm -hmm. no... Why are we doing it so much of it at all? Why, why are we doing it? And yeah. and, and I, I completely agree with you on that. And the other thing I would like to know is how much of the budget mm. is spent on education, Mike? Yeah, well, these are As these opposed are to enforcement and persecution, you know. Oh, how, yeah. how, let's educate people. Well, yes. you're in the situation in South Australia. I wrote a phone call only last week from an operator over there, an owner-operator who was given a very minor defect which he couldn't self-clear. They had to go through and have a full inspection at Regency Park to get the defect cleared. And uh, as a result of that, the time it took him to get through Regency Park lost his contract. So 
a small defect that basically put him out of business. One of the safest operators I know. Him and his family. So yeah. they've affected that operator, operator and his family. Yeah. All right. Time to move on, mate. Mm-hmm. Ah, Queensland. Queensland, Queensland, <laughs> Queensland. Beautiful one day, perfect the next, apparently. Um, have come into the fold. Queensland has shifted compliance uh, to the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator, Heavy Vehicle mm. Compliance. Now, they've joined the body to improve road safety for heavy vehicles, to reform the program and help efficient movements of heavy vehicles throughout Australia and uh, improve regulation services once managed by the TMR. So Queensland have joined the party. Now, we've known that this is going to happen for quite some time. Um, obviously, now we've got New South Wales, South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania, the ACT uh, mm. have already transitioned. Of course, Western Australia and the Northern Territory have not adopted the NHVR and the Heavy Vehicle National Law. And every time it comes up, they say, say what now? Go away. You know? I, um, I would love to know, and those numbers would exist. I've always been fascinated mm. to know what the numbers in the territory in WA, Mike, mm. of kilometres travelled per annum mm. in gross for mm. heavy vehicles, the stats of that to accidents compared to over here, mm. and the fact they don't they don't adopt those laws. So it's all, I've always been fascinated by that number. The TMR must be thrilled. Yep. I, you know, I mean, they're, they're very busy. I mean, we've uh, here at On the Road Media have been asking TMR for. Oh, look, I believe it'll be three months now for an explanation of what the heck is going on with the Bremer Road Bridge, the Bremer Bridge on the Warrego Highway. Mm-hmm. That is still a total and utter disaster. I was caught in the traffic yesterday, but they're still too busy to give us a concise and clear answer. So yeah. they must be thrilled, but, I mean, all they're going to do now is going to look after, in inverted commas, the activities of light vehicles, including passenger vehicles and tow trucks under three and a half tonnes. Mm. So that 3.5 tonnes is is a interesting number because I've got a friend of mine who is a very, very good operator, yeah, a transport operator who runs his land cruiser and his caravan. That comes in at four tonnes. Yep. Where, where, where do those vehicles fit in? Are they in that? Oh, see, see yeah, the NHVR struggle with this little bit of grey area in the middle, don't they? Mm. Anyway, so they reckon that this transition is going to improve road safety outcomes for Queensland road users. Mm. TMR has been working mm. closely with the NHVR to ensure a seamless transition. Let's wait and see, shall we? But anyway, well, it'll be inter- interesting to see, Mike, if they're changing the stickers on the side of the car from Queensland Transport to NHVR, changing all those logos, will that have an effect? You know, it, it, it always does, mate. If you change the letterhead and the logo, it's it's everything, isn't it? It, it is everything. It has an effect. Oh. I mean, don't don't you watch television? Fantastic. Good on you, TMR and HVR. Welcome to the party, Queensland. Yeah, so much for that. Right, oh, the next issue that we have to look for is the Sydney port and the parking issues down there which have been going on and on and on and on and on and on and probably on some more. Um, gee, whiz, gee whiz, this one this one gets me touchy. Well, my mate Karen Woods and I went down there for a meeting with the uh, with Transport for New South Wales and the Port of Botany several months ago. And we all mm-hmm. sat around the table there, and I was in the room, so you know, and none of this was no, there was no silence agreement or anything like that. Okay. Yep. And uh, Karen and I presented our case to the to the people down there because Karen and I are both involved in in transporting of dangerous goods in the tanker game. Yep. In the tanker game. So there's and there's nowhere down there to actually park a dangerous goods vehicle. If you go down there with a container with DG in it, you get waved through straight through. You go straight into the port, they unload you and get you out, right? The the, the truck marshalling area there where everyone else parks, uh, you're not allowed to have dangerous goods in there. In fact, there are signs there specifically prohibiting it, right? That's disgraceful, Mike. You can't you can't park anywhere around Friendship Drive, which is the which is the loop road that goes around through the port past all the container yep. terminals and the fuel terminals and the chemical terminals. You yep. can't park anywhere around in there. And if you do, there are security cars 
driving around with the, you know, the little lights and the guys with the security cameras and things like that, and they're more than happy to come and bang on your door and tell you off. You can't even get out of the truck and basically put your overalls on and put your boots on. Uh, Karen here talks about being the, having the uh, the security officer banging on the door at 3 a.m. telling yeah. you to get out. Yeah. Now, again, let's go back to the COR, shall yeah. we, no, and yeah. the NHVR. What the hell's going on with that? Yeah, well, they're not authorised officers, but see, they, they laid on the fact that this is a private road. Mm. But you could park 20 road trains, or, or maybe that's an exaggeration, say yeah. 15 anyway, yeah. Under, yeah. under cameras, under yeah. lights, in a secure environment, right, where there's patrolling security and you know, C, you know CCTV and all that sort of thing, and at least if something happens, you know what's going on straight away. No, no. What would they prefer you to do if you come down there and you can't get out? They'd prefer you to go and park up on Military Road on the side of a hill um, where there's no security, plenty of cars wanting to get in there and, and park, and uh, oh, you just go up there and park with 40,000 litres of ethanol. You know? Goodness what me. could possibly go wrong? And, of course, if you have a leak, it's going to run straight down the hill, straight into the waterway and all that sort of thing. Or if some right spark decides to want to just come along and just open the taps on the valves. The driver can't stop that if he's asleep in the cab. No, that's right. Right? That's right. So, and, and with this day and age of, you know, Australia, um, you know, producing nothing and importing everything, yep. I'm assuming that, you know, all the ports, and, and this, I imagine this will apply to all the ports on the East Coast, but yep. obviously botany is a problem, yep. is how much dangerous goods must come into that port night. Well, must be extraordinary amounts of DG must come through that port. Yeah, coming coming in and coming out. Now, the problem with it yep. is is that we're, with the geographic location of the port and all the access to it, you, you can't even get in there and take a 15-minute break. The only mm. place you could take a break maybe is inside the port yard. Now, the other part about this is that drivers don't have ESP. We don't know what's going on if there's going to be a backlog where we're loading, where we're unloading, and there are Correct. curfews Correct. getting in and out of there. So Kieran said the only – I was talking to Kieran on the phone the other day, and he said to me that he got in there well inside his curfew to find them queued – the tankers queued outside out the gate. And they come and they said to him, well, mate, you're not going to be able to unload um, because we're just not going to be able to get you in. Uh, he could leave the area. But he was nearly out of time in his logbook, um, so he really couldn't go anywhere. And where do you go if you do? Because you can't go to the TMA, you can't go, you can't go and park on the side of the road in Friendship Drive. You can't park on Foreshore Drive because that's all no standing and everything along there. You've got no choices. The only choice that you've got is Military Road, if you can find a place. And that's, the, that's it's completely unacceptable. So the driver is stuck between a rock and a hard place. He can either go against his logbook, right, mm -hmm. or yep. he can choose to park, say, on Foreshore Drive and maybe cop an infringement for that. Not maybe, he will. Mm. Or yep. he can go up and park on Military Road and all the attendant rubbish that goes along there because all the people in the buildings around there have parked all their cars all over the place. They've got no problem backing up and being a foot away from the front of you. Nope. You know, so not. how do you get out? How and do they, you get out? And these poor buggers, so if, if they're forced out of that, that facility, Mike, and they're out of hours, yep. and, and they're involved in an accident, yep. and not even their fault. So yep. where, where, where does the COR stand with that? Well, you're supposed to, as a driver, say, well, I can't go anywhere. Hmm. You know, And like you say, everyone wants to have this, this arm's length relationship with, with COR. These guys are saying, well, you, you can't come in. Of course, no one communicates. No one says, no one says, you know, you, you can't come. If you're a local driver, you can just blow it off and go, okay, fine, I'll just go back to the depot. I'll go to the depot. Done. Yeah. Done yeah. and dusted. But if you're a long-distance yeah. driver, like you're me, you're like in Kieran, a world of trouble. you are yeah. absolutely screwed. There is nowhere that you can go down there and park safely and be under any sort of security. And we're talking about dangerous goods. Everyone, yeah. wants, everyone wants to abrogate the responsibility to everyone else, and we just can't get any straight answer. Of course, the more you talk about it, the more people sort of scuttle away under their relative little rocks and say, oh, it's not my problem. You get someone else to sort it out. Kieran, and Kieran's spoken to the EPA. They're in support of letting the uh, the um, truck marshal area be 
used to house a couple of dangerous goods vehicles to, to park there for a break. But now the port, uh, arguing the point about it, we've had to go through the council. There's been some rubbish with the uh, development ap applications for when this thing was actually done in the start that specifically said no GG was to be parked there. And, of mm. course, now we're getting through all these things. We're getting all the boxes ticked off. Kieran has done magnificent work on this, trying to get all this sorted out. But now we're up against a situation now where the port are trying to work out perhaps if they can charge you to park there, charge your park. Mate, seriously? It's And as, as, as per usual, the poor old hard-working driver who's busting his or her guts to keep the economy running, pick up, deliver, distribute this DG, they're, they're the ones at the most... Uh, they, they're the ones that, that are at, again, the poor old driver, he's told, his whole life, his and her whole life yeah. is scrutinised by everybody. Yeah, Everyone's well, telling the truck driver what to do now. Here's the good bit. This is a personal story. I know about this personally because it involved me, right? We used to be able to park out the front of terminals on Friendship Drive, okay. um, which is a chemical uh, facility there. We used to go in there and load caustic and all that sort of thing. We used to be able to park three or four trucks out of the front out the front there until mm -hmm. some container jockey <clears throat> decided that he would do whatever you know light speed he was trying to do and hit a hit a barrier hit a cement barrier at the front of terminals so they said the port said oh that's it we're not going to park there it's too dangerous for everyone to park out the front so rather than punish the person that did that and make it public and say this if you do this in this area this is what's going to happen. You're not going to be allowed to drive in here. You know, uh, pack your bongos and, and go, right? Mm -hmm. And make an example of that particular person and make it public. No, no. We just decided we'd remove that parking there for the DG trucks at the front of terminals. That's what they did. And they've steadily done that around everywhere. So you can't park at the front of VOPAC. You can't park at the front of Quantum. You can't park at the front of terminals. But if you're a, if you're a container operator, hmm. there's a whole big area at the end of Friendship Drive where you can drop your skill trailers. If um, if that was a, uh, you know, if that was in, inside an employment, inside a company, that could almost be, that could almost, you could start talking racism, couldn't you? No, no, no let's not go there. Okay, that's time. We've got to, we, we've got to move on, mate, because the news is going to be way too long if we don't. I mean, it's been ages. And I love the conversation. And, mate, there's so much stuff we could unpack. Yes. I really do want to get to this story, though. Yes. Uh, South Australia is going to get some level crossing upgrades. And there's a whole list of places. Uh, Jamestown, Mananari, Gladstone, Jamestown again, a couple more there, Kaltawi, um, all over the place, Crystal Brook. Uh, level crossings. Did you, notice, did you notice one missing from there, Mike? I did. Yeah. yeah. And what would that be? The one on the one on the Barry Highway where that shocking accident occurred. So the Australian government has committed 160 million dollars over four years to state and territory governments to fund up to 50 percent of the cost of delivering railway level crossing upgrades. Hallelujah! Absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> After we spoke about that terrible accident last year, I cannot believe in, in well, 2024 now that in a developed country like Australia, we've got cars and more importantly, large heavy vehicles mixing it up with, with trains over level crossings. Not good enough. <clears throat> cannot believe that that site of that accident is left off this list. That is, that is utter madness. The other part about this too, why aren't the rail operators who make so much money out of all this, why aren't mm -hmm. they being asked to contribute to it? Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. For me, it just seems as though uh, this is a, a bit of a knee-jerk to me. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe once again I'm being cynical. Right? South Australia has said, oh, dear Lord, we've got to go and do something about all this sort of stuff. And, mm -hmm. of course, the, the area of road... Those rail operators seem to be just left alone, don't they? Oh well, you know they don't even have lights. They don't even have to have lights down the side of their trains. 
down the side of the trains. And yeah. uh, during our brief uh, during our brief hiatus over the summer Christmas period, mm. one thing that came into my mind um, as a result of that shocking accident last year, and and I don't know the answer to this question, but it's a question that's come up to me now: is all trucks and cars mm. and all vehicles sold in Australia, operated in, in Australia, obviously have a, have an ANCAP rating, mm. a safety rating, you know, and I'm sure the uh, the, the car that you're going to collect for your, your beautiful girl today has got a marvellous handcap rating on it. I wonder if that locomotives have to have a, an airbag, an airbag system, or, or do they wear safety belts? Those, those two poor gentlemen that lost their lives in that accident, I'm fascinated to know, and perhaps someday we might be able to get that answer and air it to the listeners, that I wonder if these trains actually, the locomotives have to have a, a safety rating in the cab, Mike, or are they still just the bare metal and two seats like they were 40 years ago? I don't know. I know there are, I know there are rules about the rules about which way the locos are supposed to face. I know there are rules okay. about that. Okay. Uh, they used to have, they used to do what they what they called long end leading, okay, which is where oh. the, all the engine, everything you know, you've got a, a driver's compartment at one end, mm. and you've got the, the, all the motors and everything like that. And and so if you've got the driver compartment towards the back of the loco, mm-hmm. uh, as it's going down the, the track, that's called long end leading. Well, I understand right, yeah. they're not allowed to do that now. Mm, uh, I, I do. I do remember I've, I've looked in the driver's compa- uh, compartment mm. admittedly a long time ago, a Queensland rail loco um, up at uh, Rockhampton. And it was, i tell you what, gee whiz, I wouldn't want to be sitting in that thing all day and all night. It was yep. a very... Metallic interior, very Spartan. Mm. Yes, very Spartan. All right. Well, we'll be interested to see what's going on with the uh, regional level crossing upgrades and see how they go. But they seem to think that the idea is that we'll just put some flashing lights there. I can't understand why we can't look at the situation where you've got flashing orange lights a kilometre, a kilometre and a half away, particularly mm-hmm. on the barrier and other and yep. other major roads, plus a pre-recorded message on the UHF on Channel 40 that says, you know, that there's a train approaching. All right? Not not difficult to do in the technology we live in today. Mike. Well, not we, difficult to do at all. They do it in Western Australia. The, the, the railway crossing at the bottom of the Chitties that we drive quads backwards and forwards over all the time mm-hmm. um, have, has, has those two things in place and because it is a recognised uh, a recognised risk. And just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't. It won't or can't. Yeah, so perhaps we need to look at that. We might need to talk to them in South Australia and let them know. Now, it's been ages, mate. Um, It's It's been been, ages. I'm sure sure the listeners have been wondering. There's Uh, certainly been some stupidity on lately, haven't we? Over the summer period. Over the summer period. uh, and uh, yeah, Millie, uh, Millie's out of the box. Millie's out of the box and off chain. She's unchained, and she's uh, this this week. She's come up with her uh, her acting of the goat award, <laughs> and the acting a goat award has to go to our one and only, as you said, the gift that keeps giving our Barnaby Joyce. Barnaby. Now, for those those that have been too busy making the wheels of commerce turn around, hasn't caught up the news. Uh, last week, Barnaby Joyce, the MP, was filmed lying on a footpath in Canberra while mumbling profanities over his phone <laughs> as a result of mixing a, a strong concoction of alcohol and prescription medication. It was the reason of his uh, his late night fall. Uh, that I've I've searched long and hard for the transcript of the profanities that he was mumbling over the phone. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find them. Maybe they will come to date, and gee whiz, I bet that'll uh, that'll be awesome. Now, picture this. Picture this. Picture if that was an Ambo, a uh, you know one of our amazing first responders, a truck driver. Oh my goodness, Bob. It's okay for people running our country now. Uh, Independent MP Zala Stagel, uh, she has proposed to the Prime Minister to introduce random alcohol and breath testing in Parliament. Zali, I commend you, my dear. That is a fantastic idea because, again, our, our illustrious, wonderful road transport operators all across this great nation can be pulled up for a breath test, drug test, 
scrutinised by the NHVR for a three-minute oversight and logbook. Uh, miners, as you would know, Mike, you, you've dealt in the mining game and, and now in your DG world. You can go into so many of these workplaces now and your OH&S safety uh, officer comes up and says, you can lick the stick here or blow in this before you're allowed to go to work. Yep. Why shouldn't that be a case for uh, for our, our parliamentary members? And the thing is now with Barnaby, so if you and I got caught in that state behind the, behind the, the wheel of a vehicle, we may even be, Mike, we may even be forced to have one of those, um, you know, the, the, the lock on your steering wheel where you've got to blow in to, to uh, prove that you can drive. And interlock. Yeah, maybe Barnaby needs to blow in the uh, blow in the bag before he goes to work, Mike. So oh. it's 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 definitely all I can say is, Millie, what have you got to say about Barnaby Joyce? <laughs> Good girl, he gets the acting the goat award for this week. Unbelievable, well, unbelievable. Well, mate, well, it's been a very great pleasure to catch up with you once again. And, Good to be uh, back. We should get together and do it all again next week when I'm sure there's been some more stupidity, profanity, uh, or just ridiculous rubbish for us to talk about. Goodness me. Righto. Well, uh, much respect to our drivers out there uh, making the wheels, turning the wheels around, and much respect to their uh, their family supporting them and uh, waiting for them to come home. Travel safe, everyone. See you next week. Thank you, Mike. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Well, this will be the last of my summer series for the podcast. Now that the Tamworth Country Music Festival has come and gone and all our wonderful Aussie music artists have had a well-earned break over the Christmas New Year period, from next week I'll be back to bringing you interviews with the best of the best in the Aussie music scene. Speaking of the Tamworth Country Music Festival, it coincides with the Golden Guitar Awards and this year's festival and awards was the biggest yet. Now, I hate to brag, but the list of award winners for 2024 sounds like a roll call of so many of the incredible artists we've been fortunate enough to have interviewed in the past for this podcast. Some of them have joined us that many times now that they're considered to be part of our on-the-road family. And I know for a fact they all look forward to coming onto the podcast for a chat and are right behind Aussie truckies and the transport industry as a whole. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Here are all the winners from the 52nd Golden Guitar Awards. The Toyota Album of the Year went to our old mates, the Wolf Brothers, for their brilliant album, Livin' the Dream. Here they are with the title track from the album. If you got a gas up tank and a mountain dew A pretty little thing sitting next to you Rolling round to some John Deere green You're living the dream If you got a ten-point buck up in your sides And your truck's jacked up with some big old lights Well, the picture's pretty much complete You're living the dream If you got a country song Driving down a country road Taking in a, a country side, sitting on some country gold. No, it ain't too hard, it's a simple thing. It's gonna be to drink clean air to breathe. No, it don't take much to have everything. Yeah, the way I see, well, ain't
Alternate Country Album of the Year went to the gorgeous Fanny Lumsden for her album Hey Dawn. Here's Fanny. Contemporary Album of the Year was awarded to a recent visitor to our show, Brad Cox, with his album titled Acres. Here's Brad with the title track. Red hot nights on a Queensland run Gonna check my brakes, gonna grab my gun I'm a cowboy mama, got dirt on these hands I'm an unholy man raised on holy land West of the rock Got a dam out the back Might not seem like a lot But it's home to me And it's home to the lady I love We've got a dog I've been chasing these acres Since 18 years old Now those acres are mine And they're calling me home I'm out on the road Almost four nights a week And the soon Traditional Country Album of the Year, not at all surprisingly, went to two of the nicest people I've ever had the opportunity of chatting with here on the show, for their album Birdsong. It is, of course, Felicity Urquhart and Josh Cunningham. You might recall we played the title track from the album just last week here on the show. Male Artist of the Year, once again, the name Brad Cox was announced to thunderous applause. Female Artist of the Year award was hotly contested and when they called the winner as being the lovely Kaylee Bell, the roof just about caved in, such was the reaction from the crowd. Here's Kaylee with Small Town Friday Nights. Duo of the Year, once again, the Wolf Brothers were recognised for their sensational work. Vocal Collaboration of the Year, well, once more, there was that name again, the Wolf Brothers, for their song with Travis Collins called Running the Country. Here's Travis and the Wolf Brothers. Some say we're behind the times Just cause we keep it simplified so qualified, we majored in a way of life. And 
Bush Ballad of the Year was awarded to Sarah and Greg Storer for their song titled Dust Kids. Heritage Song of the Year went to another mate of ours, the super-talented Duncan Toombs, for his brilliant song titled 1861. Here's Duncan with his award-winning song. In 1861, I was marched upon a ship Cast down in iron chains For a crime I did not commit as I look out toward the sun Amongst the darkness and the grit The ship set sail for New South Wales Now I'm Australia In 1891 I was droving from town to town Trying to find a place for my wife and my kids So we could settle down Just east of Mitchell Downs I met a man who became my friend He sang me stories of spirits of old Now we're Australian You can take my freedom Well, I really don't need it There's a spirit running through these veins of a convict man with a toiled hard hand Whose fighting can never be tamed When you tell me it's over I still go drumming There's nothing that can hold me down I live beneath these southern stars I'm Instrumental of the Year was awarded to Wicker Sweet for their song Ghost Train. Now, I haven't caught up with Wicker Sweet yet. We might just have to rectify that. Here's Wicker Sweet with Ghost Train. Wicker Sweet were up on the podium again to pick up the award for Bluegrass Recording of the Year for their track, Old Pickup Line. New Talent of the Year went to Max Jackson and they tell me we're going to be hearing a lot more from this fresh, exciting new artist. Let's hear some Max Jackson with Running.
The CMT Video of the Year was awarded to Duncan Toombs for his fantastic video for the song Steel on Steel. Top selling album of the year went to Brad Cox, who climbed the stairs to the stage once again to accept his award for the album Acres. And finally, Song of the Year and Single of the Year both were so deservedly awarded to Felicity Urquhart and Josh Cunningham for their song Size Up. What can I say? It was so good to see all of our great Aussie music mates receiving awards and recognition for all their hard work. Congratulations one and all for your well-earned recognition at the Golden Guitar Awards and thank you all for always making yourselves available to come and chat with us on Australia's number one trucking podcast, On The Road. Getting away from the awards for the moment, I have to mention here too, not long ago we chatted with Queensland singer-songwriter Denver, who was just about one of the sweetest, most fun people I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. In case you haven't heard, Denver is appearing in the current series of Australian Idol, where she just earned her place in the top 20. If you haven't caught the show yet, look out for her. I guarantee she'll win your heart too. To close out this segment, here's Felicity Urquhart and Josh Cunningham with Song and Single of the Year, Size Up. Another go round when the wolves are at the door. Threadbare shirt, we were poor as dirt. There was a lot of growing up in So I put a lot of holes in a lot of belts, walked a lot of miles in a lot of old shoes. When you're wearing a size up, it's gonna make you wise up. You gotta keep your eyes up. Give yourself a little room to grow into. You better just size up. If you're ever gonna rise up Oh, you're gonna get mixed up, messed up Hard up, scarred up, broken and blue Never left the school of the golden rule Held on to what was true But it's hard to get too big for your boots If your boots are too big for you There were shoes to fill sometimes The hills were more than I could climb just dig a little deeper when the mountain gets steeper. Get there in your own sweet time. You better just size up. If you're ever gonna rise up, you gotta keep your eyes up. Give yourself a little room to grow into when you're wearing a size up. It better make you wise up. Or you're gonna get mixed up, messed up, hot up, scarred up, broken down. Hi there. I'm uh, beginning to wonder if the word crisis has different meanings for different people, or maybe 
two different meanings for the one word. Uh, to me, um, it would be a crisis if there was a storm and a tree fell on your house. Um, that crisis would require immediate attention from yourself, your neighbours, emergency services, if you can get hold of them, if they're available, uh, as in some areas they're not, and also any passers-by who sought to help. But the, 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 the operative word is immediate. Right? That's sort of a crisis, and I'm sure most crises uh, require immediate attention um, to, uh, to be dealt with. So that has me mystified as to um, the use of the word crisis as far as the road transport industry is concerned. And we've been hearing it from the TWU in particular for a long time, how the industry's in crisis. Well, good luck to everyone involved in the hard work and hard yards they put in, but the uh, closing the loopholes bill has been passed. Uh, it's taken well over 12 months from its inception to its passing. But now I read in a press release from the uh, NRFA committee and a couple of the people that uh, gave countless hours to uh, lobbying and um, representing the industry for all this stuff, that it's going to be another two years before there's any, uh, you know, any benefits or any real action happens. Um, that's astounding. I don't think anyone would be wanting to wait two to three years to have a tree lifted off their house or have a reaction from emergency services or passers-by or people willing to help uh, under any sort of a crisis, as I understand the word. So it looks like I'm proven right when I say the industry's not in crisis. Um, what that two years will bring in the interim, uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I will have a little bit more to say about it in um, speaking out, my speaking out column in the uh, next issue of Trucking Life that comes out at the beginning of May. But there's another aspect to it all that I've just discovered. Uh, I uh, receive a lot of emails from a lot of people, as I've said before. The Australian Rur Livestock and Rural Transporters Association issued a press release and um, they're saying they welcome the government's decision to carve out livestock from the closing loopholes bill. And then they go on to say how it's been passed through Parliament. Well, that's, we've just been talking about that and there'll be plenty in the, all the media about it in the next little while. But this is interesting. They've also uh, supplied a copy of their media release um, with, the, uh, with the, the, the news article. And they're saying here, Rachel Smith, this is to quote, sorry, Rachel Smith, Executive Director ALRTA, said, quote, Livestock transport is a unique and highly skilled industry, vastly different from running up and down the Hume Highway. These operators drive on, drive on some of Australia's worst roads. They're skilled drivers, small business owners, animal handlers, and one of our fine lines of defence against biosecurity risks. It is this inherent uniqueness that means the setting of rates for livestock transport would be to significant detriment of the sector, as the minimum rate would quickly become the ceiling, pushing these small businesses to failure. Let's not forget, livestock transporters operate and inject capital in our region, support local jobs and economies. They're an important part of Australia's food supply chain. Well, Rachel, that's all very nice and, and you know, and all very accurate. But every other carrier I know is an important part of Australia's food or, or uh, lifestyle supply chain, uh, not just cow carters. And if you're saying that the minimum will become the maximum, that's been my argument since 1978, when minimum rates were first proposed prior to the blockades and when they happened after the blockades, my suspicions were proven correct because not only did the minimum rates become the maximum, a lot of members of the Australian Road Transport Federation, who were the co-signers to the agreement with the TWU, never even observed the minimum rates in the first place and were quite proud and happy with themselves that they never did. Um, I could uh, fill the rest of the, your day up telling you stories that have been related to me about blokes that ended up in Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth loading to North Queensland, that sort of thing, and some of the garbage rates they were offered. And when they pointed out that that was not the minimum rate. They said, well, don't worry about it. We'll just take it off and someone else will come along. And that still is the attitude today, of course, and, and uh, I, I just can't see that anything's ever going to change.
it's a bit insulting to the boats carting general up and down the Hem Highway because uh, the Hem Highway was a go track for many years. It isn't now, but it, it's still got its got its problems. These outcomes you're predicting for livestock carriers are exactly the outcomes that every carrier of every commodity on every road can look forward to as far as um, minimum standards of any description go, uh, Rachel and listeners. There's uh, a lot to be thought about here. There's a lot to be considered. And, um, you know, Mike Williams, our editor of Truck and Life and uh, the owner of this podcast, and I are uh, not very popular for suggesting that we need to look into this a bit further because the minimums will become the maximums, but they will. You're saying the ceiling, I'm saying the maximum. There's no difference in the meaning. Um, Good on you for pointing it out on behalf of your members, Rachel, and for succeeding on their behalf. I don't know what uh, the ATA or... uh, the TWU or other associations that are uh, sort of all gathered together there and that United Industry Group intend to do about it. And, uh, they're saying they don't want to repeat the RSRT. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a worthy uh, objective. But um, we don't want to be re- repeating the uh, minimum rates debacle of the 1980s either. So uh, there's a lot to consider here. Good luck to the ALRTA for defending their members and representing them successfully. Maybe some of the other organisations that are part of the United Industry Group need to have a close look at uh, what some of their members' real needs are, not just the whole of the industry, because everyone deserves a voice and a place at the table. I agree with that. But uh, they also deserve, uh, the members they represent also deserve to be represented, just as the ALRTA have been. This press release is... uh, available for everyone to look at if they want to read it in full. But that's my take on it. We need to stop using the word crisis because you can't be one. The other thing, um, industry reform. National Road Freighters Association's just had their conference and I think they, they had to change their uh, their theme because of the uh, timing of the um, closing loopholes bill being passed, but the original uh, theme of the industry was reforming the industry. Well, you don't have to sit on the side of the Hume Highway or at the, uh, the lights at Roman Terrace or, or, or uh, Beresfield or um, watch what comes and goes through Port Augusta or places like that or Border Village, up and down the Stewart Highway, wherever you like to go, even up and down the Lansborough Highway. You don't have to realise, don't have to look for very long, watch what's going on, see some of the amazing gear that's on our roads and Dean's talked about that in the interview I did with him last week. Um, this industry is reforming itself. There's no doubt about that. And as usual, as always, the fittest will survive, and many of the others might fall off the uh, fall off the wagon. But uh, it's all a matter of the fact that two plus two doesn't make seven. And there must be a lot of people out there who realise that these days, because man, there's some beautiful gear on the road. It's productive, it's effective, it's it's high quality and um, some of the drivers leave a little bit to be desired, I suppose, but the really good gear seems to have some really good men steering it. So good on the industry and it's the, uh, the bottom feeders that need the reform, not the whole industry. Thanks for listening. This is Bob McMillan. Go. Better throw out those anchors, buddy. The traffic's at a standstill up here. I reckon some clown's got himself stuck under the Dunlop Terrace Railway Bridge again. Again? Maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesels. Yeah, no, it's no joke, really. According to Queensland Rail, there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the Queensland Rail network in the last financial year. With the fines around 11 and a half grand, you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck. The fines are one thing, more to the point these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of bridge strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland Rail. Yeah, good looking too, just like us. This safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters, know your trucking height. To take us out of this week's show, it's Golden Guitar Awards multiple winners, the Wolf Brothers, with 
is to the ones. She's a fighter, she's a lover, she's a wife, she's a mother, she's one in a million, a million to one. Ten of me couldn't even do what she does Here's to the ones taking care of the ones Who show up in steel caps and go till it's done It ain't nothing new, they just do what they do And they don't get the credit where credit is due so many songs about a guy working hard It's about time the girls got one too So if you're one of them ones Taking care of the ones Baby, this one's for you She's right there beside you believing And sometimes I look up from this big old world And I close my eyes and thank God for you, girl Here's to the ones taking care of the ones Who show up in steel caps and go till it's done It ain't nothing new, they just do what they do and they don't get the credit where credit is due There's so many songs about a guy working hard It's about time the girls got one too So if you want one of them ones Taking care of the ones Baby, this one's for you Okay, you've made it to the end of the show, so here's the little tree I promised you at the start. How Green Was My Cactus. It's the latest addition to On The Road Radio, and you can hear it at various times throughout the day during the week uh, around news time. So we've got our regular news every hour. We've got uh, Chicken Man, we've got Passing Parade, and now we've got Cactus. So tune in and have a listen. Download the app to listen to the radio stream. Australian on the road radio, you can get it for your fruit phone or for your Google phone. Enjoy. We'll uh, catch you later. Radio broadcasting legend and poet God Laws was sometimes accused of being intolerant of the gay community. He attempted to set the record straight. Here's cactus.com.au. Hello, world. This is God. And today on the God Laws show, I'd like to clear up a small misconception that I may be in some way homophobic. Oh, sure, I admit I had a go at that little bloke from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, that Carson Cressley when he was out here to judge that fashion thing, but uh, that was only because he's American when I called him a pompous little p- Well, that was just a joke. <laughs> the sort of joke I make with all my gay mates, especially my gay trucking mates. Uh, there was absolutely no offence meant, and to prove it, I took yesterday afternoon off to write and record a triple CD of poetry for gay truckers. So here's a few samples off the God Laws Poetry for Gay Truckers triple CD. A guy in a pink 40-wheeler hauling hot pants down through Bulladila saw a chick thumb a ride, but he drove right on by because a Mac ain't no place for a Sheila. Yes, my friends, over three hours of pro-gay truckin' poetry. Elton knew he was out of luck. Ice on the road, no brakes on the truck. He looked in the mirror and said with a quiver, my eyebrows could sure use a pluck. Over 400 brand-new poetry classics for guys who like to drive on the wrong side of the road. 
Impress your Mardi Gras mates with my favorite, the winding and long road. The road, it was winding and long. The cabin was starting to pong. But Bruce didn't care, cause he had right there 20 albums by Celine Dion. Keep the gay dream alive with an eternity of poems for the man's man. A thousand more miles in foul weather, and the no-dos can't hold me together. I'm asleep at the wheel, but thank God for young Neil who keeps tickling my cheeks with a feather. Out now, the Godlaw's triple CD of poetry to get your big end throbbing and your pistons pumping. So there, you see, that proves I have nothing at all against gay men. Although I'm sure they'd like me to. <laughs> you know what I mean. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and... Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. (laughs) 